episode four, peeling the product. Today's topic is Netflix gaming. And I'd love to talk about quickly what is Netflix gaming. It's something which you can access uh, if you have a Netflix membership. Uh, there's no ad, there's no additional fees and no in-app purchases. That's something amazing. It's both uh, Android and iOS friendly. Um, so members on Android phone will be able to see our dedicated games on the row and games tab where they can select any games to download. Same thing goes for the iOS. And players around the world are welcome on this one. And, and that what also means that if you have a multiple uh, accounts on the Netflix, every account will have their own games which they can play around. Uh, the child safety is definitely an important factor. So they definitely have a pin which you can allow, you can insert to prevent any games uh, that you don't want your kids to play. And the great thing is that you can play this, these games are offline too, and there's no issues if you are going on the long trips. And that's amazing. Uh, that's in short, what is Netflix gaming is all about. So what is still surprising for me is that in spite of the fact that Netflix has come up with this Netflix gaming, not majority of the users have heard about uh, Netflix gaming. And astonishing fact is that 99% of the Netflix account holders have never downloaded any games from Netflix. So it has failed to uh, kick off in a major way. And we would love to explore in the in the today's session what went wrong and what can be done better. So let's talk about it. I have a lot of questions and I know my friend Andrew has a lot of questions too. Uh, <laughs> for this special, special edition of the podcast, we are fortunate today that we have uh, Ramchandran, Dilip Ramchandran. He's the author of the book and he will talk about his book also in, in between and his experience. And I will now pass over this to Andrew and his thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Yogesh, I love your style, man. Just straight into it, all business in the kitchen. Um, <laughs> so I was actually thinking about, you know, a funny a funny intro for this. And I was going to say, for the, if we go around real quick, five seconds, what's your favorite mobile game? I think that that could kick us off and get us get mm -hmm. us rolling in a good direction here. If you if you need a second to think about it, I'll take my five seconds and go real slow. Um, mine's Mario Kart, hands down. Love Mario Kart. <laughs> Maybe it's not a current game. Maybe it's something from from the past. Well, well, how do you define mobile game like playing on your? I mean, I'm a huge game. Yeah, but oh, okay. mobile games like playing, you know, oh, you mean mobile game isn't like portable on gaming on, your, on phone. your phone? Yeah, there's yeah, Mario yeah. Kart on your phone. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's dope. Yep. All right. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, hey, we don't have to stick to just that category. Shoot me with your with the, what's the best you got? What are you a uh, Call of Duty guy? I am a God of War guy. There you go. Ooh. Yeah. I love God of War. I mean, I, is, is there anything better? <laughs> <laughs> it kind of fell off my radar for a while because there were there were big gaps between their the sequels, right? But yeah. when you first said it, Andrew, the two that came to mind were what one that I played religiously, and it was only on iOS. And I had an old iPhone pretty much just so I could play this game. It's called Tower Madness. Really, really basic. I don't know if you guys remember this one, but it's like yeah. a tower, tower defense game with aliens and like you set up all these different kind of guns. And it, I was obsessed with that game. 
now nowadays, and I still play this somewhat religiously, is uh, Clan Clash of Clans. Oh, nice. That's a classic. And it's partly because the, the people that I that are in my clan have become like like brothers to me. Oh, yeah. It's like I've gotten <laughs> to know them for the past like seven years or something. That's a great point. Oh. We'll come we'll come back to that in the discussion for sure. <laughs> I, I yeah. have that game and game religiously spend a lot of dollars on that Clash of Clans. Um uh FIFA EA that comes to my mind and the Definitely, I spend a lot of money on that too. Uh, and then uh, pandemic hit, and uh, the only thing I was doing for a couple of months was just gaming, gaming, gaming. <laughs> playing gaming sixteen hours a day, and then oh, I, 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 I'm becoming addictive, and then I stopped playing completely. I'm not playing any game anymore, any games for the last twenty months. Wait a minute, is that is that what we call work from home playing games sixteen hours a day? How did you do that? The math doesn't work, dude. <laughs> No sleep, no sleep. No sleep. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. During the, the first two months of pandemic, the work was really light because people were still figuring out how to start operating and they were still building infrastructure. That was a time period. Um, yeah. All right. So, Andrew. Yeah. So, let me let me jump into this a little bit. So, you kind of touched on this, but I'm pretty sure – let me just – for everybody who's coming into this cold, like anybody who may be listening to this who doesn't really know, like what's Netflix games? Because like you said, 99% of their user base doesn't know, right? So this is what it is. You you log into the Netflix app on your phone. You have to search in the top bar. I also heard there was a button on the bottom. I couldn't find it when I was just looking. Mm -hmm. But you have to search on the top bar games, right? So when you do that, up pops up like a little scroll, a horizontal scroll bar across the top with like 25 game titles. Mm -hmm. You can choose which game looks interesting to you. You click the game title and then it says download the game. And it, and then it ports you over to the App Store or uh, Google Play Store. In my case, I have uh, iOS. And you would download the game from the App Store. And then you could play the game either directly by launching from the app um, or you could go into the the, the Netflix app and play and launch it from there and play the game there. So that's the current user experience for Netflix games. Um, and that's where we'll pick up the conversation, right? They launched this in late 2021. And here we are in September, just turned September, around September 1st, 2022. And the results have been very lackluster, right? So 1.7 million people out of their 220 million subscribers, so less than 1% of their user base, has tried these games. So that's that's not great. Mm -hmm. um, even if you call it an experiment, you'd probably hope for better results, right? So um, so let me just start off with this this question for the group. Maybe not everybody has to answer, but I'm curious. Like, what do you think they were hoping to achieve with this? Like, what was the, what was their play here? No pun intended on the word play. <laughs> so um if i can kind of jump in there when you first told me netflix games i think my response was like what is this i haven't heard of this thing <laughs> and i thought you know i had this i had accidentally come across this maybe you guys had come across this too but there was a t there was like a tv show on netflix and you could pick the direction of the Sure, like you could make decisions. Mm -hmm. So I thought, oh, that's what Netflix gaming is. Oh, you know, mm -hmm. it's a, you're, it's an immersive TV show and you pick the path. Mm -hmm. And then I typed in Google Netflix games and I ended up on the App Store. Okay, that's something completely different. Um, what I want to understand actually, and I, I didn't know the, the 1.1, 1. 1, do you say 1.7 million, Andrew? Was it the number? Mm -hmm. 
I know. So compared to the 200 million, it sounds pretty bad, right? Yeah. Um, but I think there's also, you know, people who watch TV and people who stream versus people who game, like the intersection. I don't know if that's a big intersection. I don't, you know, 200 million is a lot of households, right? So I'd like to compare the 1.7 to like how many people have downloaded Candy Crush, right? How does that compare? I think that's the right comparison, isn't it, Andrew? Yeah, I think that's fair, fair to say. Um, yeah, but if you're kind of in product at Netflix, you're, you've done some research on the back end to, to determine, mm-hmm. okay, let's take this strategic bet. And you were probably thinking it would be more than that. I mean, you, you probably look at your user base and you probably have some information about, you know, how they're using the Netflix app. Obviously, this is a, pre- a prerequisite on mobile devices. So they have to know some information about, okay, of our 220 million subscribers, X percent watch uh, Netflix on mobile X percent of the time, right? So they know that there's a, they're kind of landlocked into the mobile strategy there. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it, then it becomes like further user segmentation and dissection into, all right, how many of our users are also into gaming and what kind of Intel can they gather from their user right. base from the different types of apps they use or however, you know, however these companies gather data on us. Right. Um, um, but yeah, it's a good comparison. I'm actually going to look this up in the background. Yeah. Why are you looking it up? And I'll just say one more comment. And I'd love to hear from Yogesh and Trent. Um, I would think if I'm a PM at Netflix, this is what I'm looking at. Right? I'm looking at, hey, I have this show called Stranger Things and I, I dumped these episodes. And, you know, how many, is how many episodes in a season? Is it uh, 12 on Stranger Things? Mm-hmm. I can't remember, but I, but I, I dump 10 or 10 or 12 at a time. They binge on it and they, and they unsubscribe. And I'm thinking, how do I keep them on the platform? I can keep them on with other content, but maybe I can keep them on with gaming, right? Maybe that's the, that's the thing that ties in the Stranger Things TV show to the Stranger Things game keeps me occupied and keeps me on brand on the Netflix brand. Uh, And so then I would actually look at a cohort of like, People only just watch Stranger Things. People had Stranger Things and the app, and then look at overall Netflix engagement between those two cohorts. I think that that's what I would do. Of course, we don't have this data, um, and that's how I think we, we should probably assess success, right? On on the delta between those two cohorts. Yogesh Trent, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, so my take is a little different over there because uh, I was I'm thinking about like what was the strategy, what was the vision basically when they start thinking about Netflix gaming and why. So when we think about vision, we think about why. So right. there are a lot of competitors coming uh, for Netflix in past three, four years. We have seen that Amazon Prime becoming really big. We see Disney coming in. They, they start realizing that they're, they're facing a threat in their market, which is the original market was the users who are watching the shows. And Netflix was known for the content. And now they start thinking, okay, what are the other ways that we can retain our customers? Because they are now losing customers. And Netflix, when we think about Netflix, one word come to my mind is entertainment, okay? So now, what are the other ways to keep people entertaining? Uh, gaming industry definitely goes in the entertainment right there. And when we talk about 220 million subscribers, we should not forget that a lot of the subscri- people share the, uh, their um, accounts with a lot of people. So we're talking about like anywhere three to four people watching the same uh, user, basically. So we're talking about, about a roughly billion people. Uh, if you think about two to four people, right? When you talk about one billion, you start thinking about segmentation, and the segmentation can be over there in multiple categories: uh, people who watch TVs, binge watch, 
but also people who watch and play games. You know, thinking about the teenagers, people who are young adults, and then you start thinking about okay, how can we keep them engaged? Because these are the basic, uh, the, these are the people, and then the old and uh, generations which who are also playing games. Sort of, we talk about Candy Crush. I know my my, my mother-in-law plays Candy Crush. Uh, so I know that that generation is playing a lot of games too. Okay. So, so let me let me let me chime in. You said you said the magic word. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt. Candy right. Crush. Just uh, you can go back to your thought here. Candy Crush had two point seven billion downloads <laughs> yeah. after it after it uh, worldwide, right? So yeah. go ahead, go ahead. So exactly. hugely different scale. Yeah, thousand x, right? Mm-hmm. So exactly, I'm talking about. So so basically, uh, unfortunately, that Candy Crush is not available. If I'm not wrong, wrong on the uh, on the Netflix gaming. But that's one of the game I'm talking about. So that was the main objective. That okay, uh, we will. Uh, this is a positioning. Again, I will go down the marketing terms. Four Ps. What is a product? Gaming is a product. Now, what, what different products we are bringing? The new games, which were successful in twenty maybe nineteen nineties or early two thousand, and then the place of uh, which is like okay, you have you're already watching, and now you can play the game also over here. Exactly, which which that that Andrew explained. That's my thought over there. Where they failed from my perspective is promotion. Mm-hmm. Think about this way that we are watching Netflix and a lot of like you have been watching Netflix, but you still don't know what is Netflix gaming. Like even I have to search in the search bar, hey, what is gaming? And uh, as a product person, if we don't know that, I I am pretty sure why ninety nine percent people don't know or why they're not using it. So they have failed in their promotion. That's my first analysis over this mm. yeah so i think that's that's good i was uh if you're going to expand on that trend i was going to say like what other flaws have there's been a few flaws here so i don't know if you're going that direction yeah. if not go ahead or do, do you think i i am real quick i'll just say that it felt like they kind of just said okay we have a huge audience let's see if we can expand this into an adjacent um and related activity or area however <clears throat> a couple things have been said that are related to this of like the games that are available on the Netflix platform are also available through other means. So the adjacency was there. And I think that sometimes can be a good reason to expand and, and, you know, take a risk and develop something new. However, the differentiation was not there. I don't think. So these same games of like, you know, asphalt extreme, I can get it directly in the, in the app store. Why should I go through Netflix to get it? And what what's the differentiator? What's the, the advantage to getting it that way? Yeah, I think, well, on that specific point, I, I think probably one of their aims was to have another channel for user acquisition that they didn't previously have, right? Mm-hmm. So like you said, you can come across these games in the App Store or in Google Play. And if it's a Netflix owned game and it happens to be a big hit, which I'll get to that in a second too, but Mm -hmm. it happens to be a big hit. You acquire the game through, um, you know, through the app store, you start playing the game and you start buying things in the game. That revenue is going to Netflix either way. It doesn't matter if they came through Netflix or if they came through the app store. So I thought it was potentially a user acquisition play and they were trying to hit, they were trying to create hits, right? We all know, everyone knows that this is a very hits driven business, right? So like Netflix, like you mentioned, um, Dilip, uh, Stranger Things, right? Huge hit. They had several huge hits. And 
it seems like there's waves of usage when those happen, right? And so maybe the the gaming, you know, strategy was let's ride that wave out a little bit longer and flatten that curve of the 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 amount of engagement you get after somebody binge watches the show in a couple of days. Well, maybe they'd be willing to stick around on the Netflix app or in the game for a little while longer, right? That was what I thought anyways, but any any other flaws? I mean, why why else would this have uh I don't want to say it's a complete flop because I, I still think there's time. It's not like the game's over uh, by any means, but you know, why else hasn't this taken off maybe the way that they would have hoped? I Trent touched that point differentiation over there because um, like what like how are your games exciting? I mean, you're talking about a wow factor. You you already have users. I mean, what would have been really great uh, from my perspective is that if they they are developing the content and they they could have developed the games which are can be connected to their content basically let's say you just talk about the stranger things and think about if you re- really want to appeal to your customers you develop a game by the name the stranger things and now you can see people who are watching binge watching stranger things will also start playing the stranger things games and now it is so much distinctive it is your content altogether it's your game and you can now expand it in many directions. And this is what I'm currently saying. Maybe they're already doing that or they're thinking about doing that. But as a PM, I feel like that is a big thing that's missing on. They have some great content, great shows they brought, and they can leverage that right now because that's their copyright and no one can stop that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I If I can chime in there, Andrew and, and Yogesh, that, that's what I'm, I'm kind of readjusting to now here. So if it's, it was an original content play. Like, how did Netflix become so big? Um, you know, in the time that they went live, they were offering content through a medium that others didn't do it, right? Streaming, right? And then once they had that flow space, then the next thing was original content. Now everybody else is doing original content, but they were the pioneers in it. And so they probably thought, hey, let's go do original content in gaming. Let's, uh, you know, kick it off from our, from our own shows. And I was thinking... Um, that when you, again, when I did my search on Netflix gaming, I just thought these are just games available in the app store, but sounds like from what you guys are saying, cause I haven't used actual the Netflix app on my phone. Sounds like they were having the gaming experience within the Netflix app on the phone. And I think the last year has been very challenging for anyone trying to create a new app ecosystem, mainly like, especially in gaming, because if you look at PUBG, look at some of these big players, like Epic, they, they really want to get off these platforms, right? So if Netflix says, hey, PUBG, we can offer you an opportunity to, to put your games on our platform, it'll cost you less than iOS, right? Like that could have been a strategy that they thought about, but I think they did that too late. They could have done it a year ago, two years ago. Mm-hmm. I think they did it at a time when the big publishers are almost like, you know what? You're going to give me a deal today, but three years from now, you're going to raise your rates. I'm going to be stuck to you. I'm going to have my own ecosystem. Um, and we're seeing that now really with VR, right? A lot of these uh, big players in gaming, they want to have their own ecosystem. One thing I want to add, you know, I used to work at walmart.com, uh, something like, you know, uh, yeah, like 10 years ago, right? Uh, eight or something years ago. And one thing we face at walmart.com is we, you know, there's a team, a product team that owned the website. Okay. And the product team that owned the website, they were the gatekeepers. They basically said, hey, this website is where people come to buy stuff. So if you want to put something on here, you got to go through me. And I worked on the advertising team and we were bringing a lot of money in advertising, but it was a fraction of what we did 
uh, on e-commerce sales. So every time we had to go and talk about, let's say, changing the layout that might boost ads, it was a massive fight within the organization because they always asked, well, what will this, you know, I know we'll make more money in ads, but how much will we lose when we replace a layout and people will buy less, right? And I would expect the same thing happened when the Netflix gaming team went to the Netflix and said, listen, here we got a cash cow. It's entertainment, like Yogesh said, right? It's the streaming business. Um, you're going to bring something that's completely adjacent. How is it going to affect our business? And we're not going to let you do that. We're going to, and the fact that I have never heard of Netflix gaming and I have actually never even thought to search for it in the, in the toolbar means that they probably got kiboshed to the team mm. on doing any ad placement or any uh, direct linking within the app. So I would say that maybe the product team had good ideas, but they just couldn't execute because mm. uh, it was too, okay, Andrew's shaking. No, yeah, you're right on. It feels like, it, it feels like that was an internal, like, fight, not fight, but like discussion about, right. Hey, if you, if you pull users away from watch time, which is our right. North Star metric, so to speak, right? we are going to tank, right? So like right. our games aren't better than our watch, watch our original content is basically the, what they're saying, right? So right. that brings up the point of there is, there's not a, there's not a meshing or a, or a cohesive story between the games and the content, but there could be. And if they could figure that out where you have, you know, I don't, I hate to use this word, but synergistic like <laughs> relationship between, between the games and the user and the, and the original content, like high quality content, then, then you might start to see some cross pollination there. And, you know, I don't know what this looks like in the future, but it could be something like split screen gaming and watching, right? You're playing the game. You're also listening, kind of listening in the exactly. background to the show. Yeah. And you say it pauses and it's like, all right, which direction should this character go? And you play the game and you go that direction. And then the show continues that way. Right. So like, I don't know what this looks like. And that might be extremely expensive to film like six different iterations of like how a show could, could pan out. But people love like having some, like you said earlier, like they love having some like control and ability into where things go. Right. So and, and you, you, you're talking about the Life is Strange thesis, Andrew. Like Life is Strange is basically watching, a, it's a game, right? It's watching a movie. It's mostly cinematic and you do a little bit of interactions. Um, it's, I love it. Um, I mean, I'm sure it seems like Trent and I have similar gaming loves and gaming patterns. I'm sure he loves it too, uh, but it's a niche audience. It's not 200 or a billion people doing that stuff. Um, uh, this is... Yeah. Yeah, you, you guys are, you guys are really spot on. I think it's an execution challenge. And I don't think if, uh, you know, uh, there was a post recently, um, Akash, uh, he posted on uh, LinkedIn about Netflix. It. And, um, there's a lot of conversation around that. And I, and I really think the reason Netflix has struggled is because people have consumed content differently post pandemic and they double clicked on the way they consume. I think people, like Yogesh said, right? Um, I think during the pandemic, people, double clicked on individual consumption of content because they were stuck at home by themselves. Uh, but once they came out of the pandemic, they craved, like you said, Andrew, collaborative consumption of content. And Netflix hasn't really like, how do you watch something together? How do you share what you watched with your friends at work on Monday? And gaming is all about like really the high, if you think about, you know, the Nostra metric of time, the games that consume a lot of time, they're very collaborative. Social. They're very social. And so, so I think the organization 
needs to have that as part of their North Star. Like how do we get, it's not just about time, but it's about how do we get people to spend time together in the ecosystem? They have to change that for them to, it took scaffold all the way down to the individual PMs when they're up to, a lot of the times, uh, that's what happens in product, right? We have this metric and we, everybody's doing their best to meet that metric, but the, uh, the metric has changed. The audience has changed, the needs have changed. And if you don't change that Nordstrom metric and have it scaffold all the way down, your PMs aren't gonna build different products. They're gonna build the same stuff that worked uh, that worked before. So I'm gonna mute myself here now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I love those points. And I'm I'm so glad you brought up uh, a couple of the, you know, the posts that have kind of been floating around. I think Akash probably started like with that great post he had about 67% decline. Here's why, right? Very insightful. And then a few other guys chimed in. And one of them, I saw, I came across a post. I want to give him some credit. Uh, Satish Mumaretti, right? He posted something awesome. And it's right in line with where with what you were saying, Dilip, was um, how could Netflix think about being the platform for these things, right? So instead of creating the content, creating the space for people to create the content. And um, he just had this awesome quote at the end of it. Uh, let me see if I can find it. He said, um, now that uh, HBO and Netflix look the same and just like 100 other services, the question is, will Netflix become the AWS for video game, video games and video streaming before AWS becomes the AWS for video streaming, right? So um, that is the kind of the thought that I'm having is like, could they be that platform for game creators, right? And let me let you in on a little something. Amazon's already doing it, right? <laughs> and Netflix has the and Netflix has the ability to go to war right there. And they are already optimized for, I mean, they're like finely tuned machine for showing you the next best content and getting you into content, right? So that's what they do. That's their strength. Um what else? Any other thoughts? It seems like Trent, yo, guess you guys need to chime in here before before we cut you out. I'm just kidding. Trying to speak because I was about to ask another question, but I will uh, allow Trent to go ahead, please. I, I really don't have much to add. I mean, one of the things that comes to mind here is that they kind of need to be who they who they are, not try to be someone they're not. Like yeah. I've been, I recently have been exposed to this book called "Essentialism: The Disciplined Pursuit of Less." Mm. And one of the quotes that stuck with me was, "You can do anything, but not everything." Very yeah. well. Good one, actually. So, so, go ahead. I mean, so my question that I was about to ask is, and I was thinking about it for a lot for for last two days, is that you just mentioned Amazon. Uh, it's it's funny. The giants like Amazon, Google, and and now Netflix, they all have tried their hands in the gaming industry in some capacity, and they're still struggling. And I just want to speak about some statistics, which will which are looks will be look which will blow your mind basically. The current gaming industry is around two hundred three billion dollars, okay, and out of which the mobile gaming is around seventy three billion dollars. And the prediction says that the gaming industry will be around five forty five billion dollars by twenty thirty, and the gaming industry will rule around seventy percent of that that billing basically, which will around some three hundred to four hundred billion dollars you're talking about. When you're talking about these big numbers and we see that giants like Google, Amazon are failing in the, in this industry. And, and we know that Netflix, Google are great in the, their own play. Like, and I think trend, you just touch, touch upon that essentialism over there. They can't do everything. 
I'm still trying to understand why these big giants are struggling in this particular sector. Like they don't understand their audience. Are they failing in the the, this, the product discovery? What is going wrong? And I want to touch about now product discovery because when you develop this kind of Netflix gaming, it is a big gamble you're playing, right? You, mm-hmm. You're investing a lot of time, resources, blah, blah, blah. And you don't have, a, um, maybe you don't have any issue about the money, but still you're spending a lot of energy over there. So what was the discovery process look like? You, you, what is your thought about that? And why the journey still not looking where it should be going? I would love to have a thought from Andrew first and then delete maybe. I'll make my sh- my thought short. I think it's a great question, but I want to give space for, for other thoughts. Mine is simple. Gaming is a hits-driven business, not just at Netflix, but in general, right? So if you think about Candy Crush, we've mentioned, you think about Wordle, these types of games, mm-hmm. these are like one game in a sea, thousands of games of apps that you could potentially down- yeah. download. But why do you go download a game? Because your friend told you to. Mm-hmm. Nobody just goes and downloads games on their own, right? You wait until it's popular, until there's other people playing it, and they're all in it together, the social aspect, right? So. My theory is that there's these things are struggling because they haven't scientifically created a hit yet, right? And once they do, they might see some success, but the, it's going to ride the waves of a hit game. And that's just the way things are. I mean, popular titles get played. Unpopular ones don't. For every hit, there's probably 10 or 12 or 15 unsuccessful. It's kind of like angel investing, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't make your money from the 50 companies you invest in. You make 10x your money off the one big, big winner, the cash cow. And Trent, your thoughts? Yeah, I think think that's really spot on. Um, And uh, it's, it's funny because, you know, Net, you've, I've seen I've seen so many uh, slides that talk about how Netflix gamifies using Netflix, but somehow they didn't how how to gamify using Netflix gaming. <laughs> it's, it's pretty sad. Um, and you know, again, I'll go back to Akash's post. Right, he talks about uh, content is the product, content is king, and if you want to really be serious about uh, the content. You know, you're really serious about a gaming strategy. You got to figure out how you're going to get the content. You make it yourself, use your original content, or you go buy a bunch of studios. And I think the best way to look at this comparison is you look at Microsoft and Sony, right? When Microsoft launched the uh, Xbox, uh, that was the most recent Xbox, not the Xbox one, the the, the newest one, whatever, the, the most recent console, when they launched it in market, it had the best hardware, best pricing, but there was no content. And Sony launched the PS5, uh, you know, a little bit inferior in terms of hardware, but great original content. And the way Microsoft, because they have a big checkbook, decided to solve that is they said, all right, no problem. We put the hardware out there. And sometimes in the gaming, in the console gaming industry, because it's not using iPhones, you have to put the hardware out so that the developers can can develop against the hardware. So it's the timing of that is so critical. Uh, but what Microsoft said is like, okay, for the next 24 months, we're going to go buy studios we're gonna have a big budget we're gonna buy studios or we're gonna go and put money behind great creators and make them bring the original content to the platform because the same question you guys asked before call of duty available on both platforms 
Why should I buy which one or the other, right? I have the same experience on both. But I bought a PS5 because I wanted to play Ragnarok, right? Um, somebody else might buy an Xbox, the latest Xbox thing, because there's some, uh, you know, Halo thing on it. So what is Netflix's Halo? They don't know yet. That's the problem. It looks like they don't know. It looks like they're not committed. And it looks like they are not, you know, <laughs> Yogesh is going to crack up here, I think. They're just not committed. Right? So they can't execute because they don't have conviction, right? When you think about product strategy, right? When product strategy, you need to have, met it needs to be metric driven, but there also has to be clear purpose and commitment. Like, why are we doing this? Why does it matter? Do we believe in this? Is this the future? Then let's just go freaking do it. Right? Yeah, make the big and bet. Make a big bet. Or it's like Google's product. So you become such a big company. You launch Google Wave, right? Eh, it didn't really work very well. Well, you didn't really try. Oh, we're going to, we're going to shutter it. And next we launch some other Google trips thing. Uh, we didn't really try it. They shutter it down. So I think Netflix became so big, right? They've become such a big organization that they just couldn't let some of these adjacent ideas get the fuel they needed to really be successful. I uh, know one player we haven't talked about in the gaming industry, and we talked about Amazon, we talked about whatever it is, but Epic is the player in the future of gaming. And yeah. they are putting fuel behind it, and they control, they're fully verticalized. They control everything, right? They control the engine. They own Unreal Engine. So anybody's making games out there has got to use Epic's Unreal Engine. They control the ecosystem. They create original content. Um, they have mobile games. They have platform games. Uh, there's no competitive player to them. And I think the only one who could really do it if they wanted to is a company like Apple. Because when Apple decides to do something, they really do it. They don't half-ass it. They don't you know, put something out there. They hide it. They don't talk about it. And then they do it. Mm-hmm. And it's really there. And it's, it's a force of nature, right? So that's my perspective on that. It's, it's a lost opportunity, I think. I agree with Yogesh. Like a billion people. You know, talk about 5% conversion rate. Globally, think about a game we can play. Like, think about real time, you know, MMORPG. Like, think about a game you can play, log in with your Netflix account. I mean, they could have monetized it. Forget about engagement, they could have monetized it. I think it's a big lost opportunity. You know, I think given them solution in this podcast that what they should do actually, to be honest, they have the content, they can develop the games, and they can allow the, the gamers to come on the platform. Think about just, just going back to the stranger thing, the success of that. You develop a game and now allow others to develop the game further. And you and now you will see that your content for the futures, uh, seasons for t- stranger things is coming from these games also. You will be seeing a multiple fold of success over there. But yeah, uh, that's my take on that one. <laughs> So, so let me land, let me land the plane with this question. I think this is probably the the crux of the fun questions for us as a product management group. Is if you were in product or you were hired to come in and you joined the Netflix gaming team, maybe maybe what would you do in the short term, and then what would you try to like see to do in the long term? I know we've talked about a ton of ideas, but if you had to distill them down to what you think would be the best and the most impactful. Yeah. Um, and to kind of jump in here, uh, if I may, uh, when I take, when I interview for jobs like this, right? Uh, the first thing I do as a product person is to like figure out well, what's the real appetite for the organization to really do this, 
right? And sometimes I, un, unpro, unprovoked, I will show up to my interview with a slide deck of what they're trying to do, the competitive landscape, why, what it's worth to us. And I, and I challenge the hiring team, are you ready to go where I want to take this? And that, that's something I found to be incredibly useful because it helps you tease out, is, is, are they really serious about this? Because I've done, I've had some job interviews and I, and I do this and they go, oh, this, this seems like a lot you're doing, you know. Uh, yeah, we just want somebody to just kind of experiment with this here. So that's one thing I would do personally. I would put a stake in the ground and say, listen, we're going to go and we're going to build uh, a, a completely new ecosystem and we're going to pick a territory that hasn't been taken yet. Let's go take VR because that's, you know, there's, there's not enough competition here. Uh, we haven't staked enough in here. We have AWS, right? How can we create partnerships or acquisitions to, you know, from a from a perspective of the developer standpoint, how can we make it so easy for a developer to build on the Amazon ecosystem? Like, could we create an appliance or could we create some sort of like a Kubernetes cluster for a game that they just have to do a little bit of configurations and they can launch their first game very easily. Like, how do we make the barrier to entry super low? Right? And then we, in the budget, we're committed to go and either hire our own content in-house team or we go hire a studio that builds on the AWS ecosystem, right? Or, or whatever it is, right? or we use the Netflix ecosystem that's similar to it, right? Um, uh, I think you'll need someone to think at that level, right? Not just about launching three or five games. You got to think, I think you got to think of it from the perspective of taking the whole vertical ecosystem and getting into the development, the content, the distribution, if you want to own that category, right? Um, and I only then will you be able to stand up against the PMs on the entertainment team and say, hey, this is a really fully thought through strategy, right? It's not just an experiment. Um, that, that's my perspective on it. I love that. I love that perspective. Thanks for sharing that. Um, what do you think, Trent? I liked a lot of what you said, Dilip, uh, lots of kind of building off of that a little bit. I mean, one of the things I, I always think about from, from a short-term perspective is I wonder just how well we know the persona of, of a core gamer and how it's different from the personas they have been serving as Netflix. It's oftentimes a family, a household at least. Um, and so, I mean, I'm biased, of course, by my own experience, but I look at my six-year-old son when he plays, you know, Minecraft and Roblox and stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we got to get, we got to understand the younger generation better. We got to understand where they hang out. How do they find out about games? They, like you, like you talked about, Andrew, is it from their friends? Are they, are they looking at these app stores at all? Do they ever search by, you know, in the top 10 or any of that? And that, I mean, I think short term, that's what I would want to really dig into and understand better, kind of get inside the head of the target user and persona. On the longer term side, I think Dilip, you know, you hit the nail on the head. Depending on the constraints we're, we're dealing with, right? Timeline, if, do we need to take a shortcut? Buy a studio that already runs and builds games well. Find a niche, find a differentiator, build a, a, build a, a really great game that we can sort of place a big bet on and then do a big push. You know, make create that awareness that, that's not there right now um, so that everyone knows, hey, Netflix has games too. You want to play or do you want to watch? Those are kind of two pretty different activities. They're both entertainment, but I think the mindset behind each one and the desire, 
you know, behind each one is pretty different. That's great because that approach you just described is literally a great approach for not just this situation, but like any, any product management situation where you're trying to break into a new, new field. So I love that. Um, what about you, Yogesh? Well, uh, I pretty much have like same thoughts, what Dilip and Trent thought, but I just want to expand that further. Uh, I like to experiment a lot and be, I want to be innovative further. And I was thinking in a short term, I would have to develop a content first where I will showcase the new games of the Netflix. Mm. And then the crowd will start seeing, okay, the cow, the father and the son is playing together, how mother and son playing together, the, the Netflix games within the Netflix content. And think about now we are driving the, the, the content towards the game also. And also we, we want to change the user behavior because most of the time we are watching shows right now with our, fa- with our families. But we are not playing games with them uh, lately. I mean, during pandemic, yes, a lot of us were doing that, but we have stopped doing that. I mean, we always have said that, okay, the so- this all these platforms are taking away and then people are becoming less social, but we want to make them, again, social, playing games together. And we know that, that friends becomes, the strangers becomes friends while playing games. Why can't the friends become more stronger friends playing games together on the Netflix? This kind of messaging should be coming in the content and it should be visible also. So I think I would have to do that kind of experiment uh, in the short term. The long term is definitely, I have. A, I would love to know how much they want to spend. <laughs> it is a great idea I don't want to think about. But yeah, this is my short term vision. That's good. So I'll, uh, I'll, give, you, I'll give you guys some, uh, some short term and long term play here. So what, what I would think about doing is... Uh, Short term, there's an easy, low-hanging fruit win out there, and it's this. Put the games natively on Netflix. Don't make people go to Netflix, go to the App Store, and download individual apps. That that means you'd have to download 25 individual apps to play these games. That is friction. That is bounce rate. That is churn. All the things that we hate as product managers, right? So my three-year-old... we were teaching her letters, right? Like how to write her name, letters. So we found this game and it just so happens that this letter game is a part of PBS. And under the PBS umbrella are like Daniel Tiger. You guys, I don't know if you have a three-year-old or whatever. Daniel Tiger, they got like 30 games, like connected to characters she knows and loves. Like, you know, and that's just beautiful, right? So we only have to download one gaming app and she ha- she can learn her letters and play with Daniel Tiger all at the same time, right? So that needs to be Netflix. You you need to put these games natively on Netflix and, you know, make them sticky, whatever you want to do. Maybe maybe it is like letter games for kids, but that's just <laughs> the world I'm in right now. But definitely needs to be uh, playing off of the content that has been successful. Uh, Stranger Things. Um, I don't know. What are the I don't watch too much Netflix, but what are these <laughs> other big ones? Squid Games like all. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. All right. So and then here's my big bet. Long term play. This could get this could get interesting. So, um, moonshot idea here. But what I would try to do is kind of take a play out of the book from like the Web three NFT world. Okay, I'm not going to go super nerdy into NFT land here, but I'm going to take a play out of it. Right. So, what are the what are the the pillars of that? It is um, user generated, like DAO, like like community directed, community 
and social, right? So those are like some of the big pillars of some of these Web3 products that we're seeing be successful. So the way I would implement that in the long term for Netflix is to say, all right, everyone, and this is promotional in nature as well. All right, everyone, you get to play this game. And I've got my content creators, my show writers writing the game, right? And they're writing different iterations of how this game could turn out. They're creating a story. You you play this game and let's say you're a character. Maybe it's a first person shooter, like a, like a Call of Duty type game, right? And which country are you going to be in? Are you going to be in uh, Italy, France, or Russia? All right. Depending on the percentage of users that choose which country, all right, that's where the show is going to be based, right? And then you play the story out from there. Like, are you going to infiltrate this base or this base or this base? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to be this character or this character or this character, right? So there's different iterations of how this could play out. But depending on what the users do in this game or the majority of users do in this game, Netflix then and goes and creates a show off of that. Hey, mm-hmm. everyone, we've created a show that you drove through the game, right? So that is like... To me, a great opportunity where the community ha- feels like they created something of value. Who wouldn't go watch the show they just created in the game, right? So something really fun there to consider for the long term. I know that took a while to get out, but I'd rather tell the story and then try to explain it yeah. in technical terms. That's perfectly <laughs> fine. Because Fascinating. That's, you know, I think you, you would hit the nail, basically. You want people to participate. You, you want people to feel empowered. Uh, that's what you're doing right there. That you're making your users empowered now that, that we are deciding the course of the game also and the show yeah. also and whatever. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's kind of, uh, I feel like we, we've outlined and beat, beat the horse at this point of saying like all the different opportunities, things they did right, things they did wrong and opportunities for improvement. I think it's been fun, um, you know, just kind of chopping up strategy with you guys and appreciate the conversation. Does anybody else have anything, any last points they want to, they want to get in there? Uh, I actually want to, if I, I, I may. I love that. I love <laughs> if it. I may, if I get may. It um, hey, you're talking about PBS Kids, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, so no, that's an awesome app. It's like yeah. every daycare center in the United States is, is going on PBS Kids. And exactly. Public dollars, man, they did a pretty good job. Did a pretty good job connecting yeah, the content from the TV show to the games. My daughter loves it. Um, I have, and by the way, your idea, I've been thinking about for many years, actually this idea of, of using crowdsourced uh, behavior to yeah. drive the prioritization of content. Right. I don't know why Netflix hasn't done it. It's a major lost opportunity. Um, they've spent their time on the recommendation buttons. What a waste. Mm. Uh, Moonshot idea. I've been researching this as you're talking because you guys inspired me. Uh, the valuation of Netflix today is $102 billion. Okay. With the, even going down, the market cap of Roku is $9 billion. Okay. Mm. You've ever, have you ever been to an Airbnb? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. There's always a Roku in there. Okay. They sold <laughs> 55 million TVs last year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Netflix buys Roku, right? Uh, if you've used Apple TV, Apple TV has games. The problem is that it's really hard to play games with your TV remote. Yeah, okay? that thing. Horrible. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But the games there are good. Imagine if Netflix buys Roku. Right? They prioritize Netflix app in the Roku ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And entertainment team is going to be really happy about that. Okay. Second, they launch a Roku with a proper controller. Right. And you're, an, you're at an Airbnb. There's no need to have a gaming console in there. You have Netflix, you have a you have a gaming console through your TV. 
Netflix came spot, but I think it's a massive synergy operation. Um, they could get Netflix in even more households, right? As top of mind, uh, they should go do that. They should buy that and synergize and go build Netflix gaming on top of Roku platform. I love it. That's an interesting thought. Uh, interesting yeah. idea. <laughs> Microsoft, are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's good. Good one. All right, guys. Thank you.